0: Welcome to Views from Stadium Boulevard. I'm Hannah Harshey, and usually there's a Harley Johnson here with me, and it's quite sad. She's kind of like the Eric all of the podcast, honestly, in multiple ways, but in this one particular way, she's like randomly out this week, did not dress for the pod, and I am Jim Harbaugh saying no comment, or no, what did he say? I think he said no comment. I don't know. Jim Harbaugh did not specify why eric all was out and when he's returning the one thing i will specify is harley is coming back this week and also she's out because she has work so she's not like eric all in that way but she is like eric all and this sense that she's out um i did not want to do this episode all alone harley is kind of my um let's see it's like co she's my co-offensive coordinator of the podcast and i can't live without her So she did help me outline the podcast. Her fingerprints are still all over the podcast. Um, And I decided to be a hand of the people this week. And I brought on some various guests, including but not limited to my dad, um, for different segments. So you will still get the opinions of other people. You don't just have to take me at my word and trust that everything I say is good analysis. Because usually we have Harley reeling me back and being like, Hannah, that makes no sense. Um, So... (laughs) <laughs> look forward to that. Um, we're going to have some fun guests on various parts of the podcast, but we are still going to start out with Around the Hand and Harl, which Generally speaking, around the hand and Harl is the portion of the podcast where each of us has one minute to summarize the game as best we can. um, And then we grade each other and decide who does it better. That part of it is like, to be honest, always questionable because we can never determine who did it better. Although I think I've still won every week because I just like claim it. Um. So this week I'm going to be the only one who summarizes the game and this is where I'm gonna need some like audience participation I'm gonna need y'all to like message me text me DM me let me know if I won let me know any feedback you have if I summarize the game accurately how you would grade my summary of the game um, because otherwise I'm just talking for no accolades. Um, So really quickly, before I begin my one minute, um, this week we are discussing Michigan's 27-14 win over Iowa at Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City. Kinnick Stadium was supposed to be where top five teams, ranked teams go to die. Jim Harbaugh had never won at Kinnick um, as a player or as a coach. In 2016, we had a heartbreaking loss at Kinnick. Everyone remembers where they were sitting because that was also a Michigan team that looked fantastic by all metrics and there was no reason for them to lose that game and they did so some people myself included were kind of terrified going into this week thinking oh my gosh is that going to happen again we have what looks like an elite michigan team does that mean that we have to lose at iowa also iowa is like the laughing stock of my personal life right now i would just like they're they're a bad team and they lose in funny ways this week i think they lost in a serious way I need to get into my one minute. See, that's the thing about not having Harley is I just talk and then like, what's the point of the timer? Cause like I'm talking before the timer and I'm talking after the timer, but I'm gonna take a breath and put on the timer for around the hand. I'll do a stopwatch, stopwatch. Okay, take a sip of water. Whew. Okay. My one minute begins now. Okay. Last week I said I was terrified to play Iowa, but this week, please forget I ever said that because Michigan did what elite teams are supposed to do when they play Iowa. It was kind of like after Maryland, we were like, oh no, is this Michigan team as good as we thought they were? And then after this game, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, they're as good as we thought they were end of discussion. Michigan won decisively. We broke the curse of top five teams dying at Kinnick, and to be honest, we did it quite well. Because it was Iowa, there were still moments that were uncomfortable, and if you know me, I was, like, extremely uncomfortable in those uncomfortable moments, like, disproportionately uncomfortable, and the score doesn't look like a uh, blowout win, but to be honest, when you're playing Iowa, a two-score game is a blowout win because Iowa has really, like, low scoring games. Uh, Michigan continues to look like one of the best teams in the country. Given that Iowa's defense is supposed to be so good, it's actually like quite impressive the way that Michigan continued to consistently move the ball down the field quite well. Uh, Blake Corum is 100% one of the best running backs in the country. J.J. McCarthy, I think, is developing into one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Um, he played a lot more maturely this week, a lot more wisely, um, kind of game manager-y. Like, that's what we wanted. He wasn't just chucking the ball. Because when you're playing Iowa, you don't try to make big plays like that. That's how you get turnovers. So you have to stick to what you know you're good at, which for Michigan is the run game. Well, Blake Corum's run game. Blake Corum. Not even going to say the run game. I'm just going to say Blake Corum. And the offensive line who makes room for Blake Corum. And those short and intermediate passes. And you just win by doing those things over and over. And that's what Michigan did. And they won. (sighs) I did that in a minute and 35 seconds. I didn't have Harley to tell me I was going over. That's, like, to be honest, why I put it on stopwatch instead of timer, because I knew I'd go over, and I just wanted to take this opportunity to go over by as much as I wanted. Um, I'm going to quickly do some glows and grows for the game. Um, I wish I had Harley here, because I do think my glows and grows are a little bit boring and usually have some good discussions here. So, Harley... I miss you. Um, One of my glows, JJ grew up. Jonathan James McCarthy, our tiny little baby quarterback who, like for some context that I'm sure you all know, JJ has played most of his career trying to prove that he's the guy. So he has to do big dramatic plays to make people look at him and be like, oh, he's that guy. Now he's like literally our only quarterback. Like, I don't even think we have a QB2. We have like maybe three guys who are Tied for QB five, but with Cade McNamara injured, we don't have a clear QB two. So he doesn't need to prove himself. He just needs to win us games. Um, And in the past, he was playing like he was trying to prove himself. He was trying to prove he could do it all, do these big plays. This week, he looked like he knew that he just had to play to win. And he wasn't throwing super deep balls. He did fumble it once, but Donovan Edwards um, recovered it for him he was really, really accurate on those short and intermediate throws. He like continues to just be like right into the hands of the receivers or tight ends on those throws, and he gets to them quite quickly. So the deep passes, I think maybe is a room for improvement, but I also am like not too worried. Maybe just because as a Michigan fan, I'm not used to a quarterback being accurate on deep passes. So I'm like, oh, JJ's better than what I've ever seen so why would I complain Um, but I also just I think he'll get better he was doing those deep passes so well when we were playing really bad teams so I really do think the fact that he's been a little bit overthrowing them recently isn't like I really just think it's because of the defenders who are on the receivers I don't think it's like a cause for concern I think he just needs to time it better given that they're playing stronger defenses and that the DBs are like right there and sometimes the receivers are like doing a little too much with the DBs like it's not always on JJ in my opinion um my other glow is the offensive line um they had a great performance we had Trevor Keegan and Carson and Hart back this week um and the offensive line was just like doing what offensive lines are supposed to do they're creating like so much space for our Wonderful Blake Corum to just run through. Uh, Michigan rushed for 174, 172 yards, averaging 4.1 yards per carry, which is actually so impressive against this Iowa defense where you're not supposed to be able to move the ball whatsoever. Um, Olu Atimi is looking fantastic. He was, as they say, every time his name is mentioned, he was a Remington finalist last year. He's a transfer from Virginia. He's supposed to be really good. And Every time he's every time you see him, they're like, and he's just, like, getting right into the system, getting into the swing of things. But, like, honestly, so true. Like, he really is getting into the swing of things. I think he is, by the end of the year, going to be a Remington finalist. I don't know if he'll be a Remington finalist again, but he's really good. Um, we only had one sack and three tackles for loss the entire game against Iowa. Which, again, Iowa's defense is supposed to be fantastic. Granted, I'm, like... <sighs> I don't know. I sound like a classic person who like after Michigan plays a team, it's like they actually aren't that good. I never claimed Iowa was good, and I'm like not too bought in that their defense is as good as the national media makes it out to be, just because I'm not confident the national media understands how bad some of the opponents' Iowa plays are. The Big Ten West is like its own thing. Um, and then my grows. I would say our pass coverage is, like, a little bit of a grow in certain areas. And also, JJ, if he could perfect that deep pass, then our offense would literally have everything that an offense could have. Like, if I could make a wish list for our offense, I think the only thing on it would be that deep pass. because we, I mean, maybe utilizing our receivers a little bit more, which, like, goes hand-in-hand hand with the deep pass, but I just mean, like, the depth of our receivers. There's some receivers that I think Harbaugh is still hiding for some reason. I'm not sure why um okay wait what else would I put on a wish list for our offense um another running back I love Blake Corum though it's Blake Corum Heisman campaign season but I don't want him to break in half so maybe I'd put another running back on our offense list but other than that like what more can you ask for um so then my other girl. I feel like I already said this is like a little bit of our past coverage in certain areas I think could be improved. Um, We are now going to move into a segment where I am going to talk to my dad a little bit about how he's feeling about this season. My dad is um, older than me um, and he has like seen those iconic Michigan eras that we've all heard about. He also grew up in Ann Arbor. He went to Michigan, I think around the same time as Jim Harbaugh. He like, just he, he knows a lot of like insidery stuff, but not like in an insidery way, just from like growing up in Ann Arbor. And a lot of the people who you hear of as like famous Michigan people are just people he like knew. Um, so we're going to bring him on for a moment here to talk about how he feels about this season and where this team stacks up compared to the iconic teams of the past. Okay, so being my dad, you are by definition older than me, and you've been around for some of the more historic Michigan teams that I was not alive to see. Based on the five games that we've seen from this Michigan team so far, they're ranked number four. They look really good. How do you think that this current team stacks up to some of the more iconic teams that you've seen in your lifetime? Well,
1: that's a good question. I think they actually stack up fine, but it's really hard to know with the with the with the easy pre-conference schedule and just the one Big 10 game. So so far so good, but back in the day when the schedule was much easier non-conference and that was generally easier even in the conference until you got later in the season, um it was not unusual to be undefeated after 5 games. And I think I saw this is the first time they're undefeated for five games two years in a row in a long time. Hmm. So, so far so good. I love the fact that they've got a strong running game and a balanced passing attack. Um, I like their the signs of things on defense, uh, the signs of things on the offensive line. But until they play somebody else, it's really hard to know.
0: Okay, so I'm actually curious. Like back in the olden days – how did you, <laughs> how did you know when a team was hyped up like this? Like, did you, did you have the weekly rankings? Like, I assume you didn't have, you obviously didn't have all the different podcasts that I listen to every week. You didn't have Twitter. There wasn't, I assume there wasn't nearly as much preseason coverage in terms of like coverage at fall or fall, summer, like the camp they have beforehand, all of the media days prior to all of that. Like, how did you know when the team was hyped
1: You just knew they were. It it wasn't a question of if they were going to be good or not. You knew they were going to be good. And you knew they were going to be in the top 10. And you knew that it would come down, and I'm talking in the 70s, you knew that it was going to come down to Michigan and Ohio State, unless there was some kind of an outlier. And so the difference between now and then is that now when you get five games in a row, I'm always afraid of drinking the Kool-Aid now. Mm -hmm. I kind of missed last year because I kept waiting for them to, you know, to drop off and they never did. And and so back in the day, so to speak, you knew they were going to be good. You didn't have to worry about jumping on the bandwagon because you're always there. And if they happen to get upset by Minnesota or Iowa or Purdue, some random game that they lost, you're disappointed. But they still had Ohio State at the end of the year and you knew they were going to have a chance of beating Ohio State. And if not, you know, culminating their season's goal, at least you would ruin Ohio State's season. So that's the biggest difference.
0: I guess that's true because also you weren't playing to get in the playoffs or to get in the Big Ten championship game or to get in a bowl game besides the Rose Bowl, right?
1: Well, so for part early on, there was only one team that got to go to a bowl game in the Big Ten, and that was the winner of the Big Ten. You're right, with no playoff. So that was generally the victor between Michigan and Ohio State. And you could look it up, and I, I haven't, but there is a statistic about the number the number of, I think it was Michigan teams who did not go to a bowl game and where they were ranked in the final season, in the final rankings. And it was extraordinarily high. Like, you know, top 10 for sure. And they didn't even go to a bowl game. So, Mm -hmm. and then I remember one Michigan Ohio State game where they were, uh, somebody brought oranges and they were throwing oranges like disparagingly at the team that was going to lose because the loser was going to go to the Orange Bowl, the winner was going (laughs) to go to the Rose Bowl. It's a joke. I mean, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you just knew there was going to be a good season. That's the difference. And so now I think the competition is way better. I think, you know, Michigan used to have 120 kids on scholarship. Mm-hmm. And their second team was literally better than the second or than the first team of the third best team in the Big Ten. It mm-hmm. was just way different. It was way different. Yeah. The power disparity was, was way different. So now, like this season, it's going to be fun seeing them go in to play Penn State. It's going to be fun sees, seeing them play. Of course, Ohio State, if we're still good, I hope they just smash Michigan State. and, and uh, But all of those are, you have to see them play the game before you know it's going to happen. And, yeah. Yeah, I just hope it does, especially Michigan State.
0: Um, Jim Harbaugh had a comment in the press conference after the game that reminded me of you because you were mine and Harley's first source that told us that Jim Harbaugh went by Jimmy. Um, yeah. And we've, we've been telling everyone <laughs> that this news we have, that Jim Harbaugh like in his real life goes by Jimmy. But he was saying that J.J. JJ McCarthy reminds him of a young Jimmy Harbaugh in terms of his style of play as a quarterback. Um, yeah. And then he, I think he also said J.J. is better than him. How do you do – you, do you agree? Do you see those comparisons? Is that just Harbaugh saying Harbaugh things?
1: Uh, I didn't hear the comment, but yeah, I can kind of see that. I think, I think when, uh, when Harbaugh was here, he, he just had a swagger about himself. He had confidence in himself that was, um, it was pretty special. And so for those of us who grew up in Ann Arbor, it was a little bit of a, like, does he really deserve to have that much confidence? Isn't that Jim Harbaugh who went to Pioneer and, you know, St. Francis? And, but yeah, he he had it and he lived up to it. So when he says he sees that in J.J. McCarthy, I think it's a real compliment to J.J. McCarthy. And I think it's a real compliment to Jim Harbaugh because I think J.J. McCarthy seems like a total class act who uh, says and does the right things. So, Yeah. Pretty nice statement both ways, I think.
0: I also have a theory that J.J. McCarthy might be kind of weird. So that would also...
1: Um, <laughs> the whole think. weird thing, though, I I don't remember Jim Harbaugh. I think he was just a normal, competitive, um, athletic kid. I don't remember any anything other than that.
0: He's objectively he was, weird now.
1: I don't know where that came from, but... I don't remember that growing up. Now, other people, he 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 was, um, because of his confidence, I think people in many cases had an opinion, but I, I just think he was a competitive guy. And frankly, the weirdness now may be attributed to that too. I don't he's know. He's
0: like trying to be weirder than all the other college football coaches. <laughs>
1: no. I'm just not going down the weird road. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean... He says weird things. I don't know. Maybe he's not weird in his personal life, but he like more than almost any other college football coach, like says weird things.
1: Yeah. So maybe that's not his strength, but I, I I was out with some guys today who, um, who had really good things to say. I've talked with a guy who coached football locally and had really good things to say. So the, the, the jim harbaugh who lives and and interacts in the city of ann arbor currently and from my perspective even back in the day pretty normal guy Hmm. honestly so
0: okay that's interesting um okay (laughs) back to the team as a whole what do you think this team would have to do because you mentioned it's Like, just the landscape of college football right now is you have to watch every single game because you never know what's going to happen. What do you think that Michigan, not necessarily this year's team, but just in general, Michigan would have to do for it to have the same vibe as it had, like you were saying, back in the 70s when it was just never a question? Like, do you think that Michigan would have to be making the college football playoff every single year for that vibe to come back or just Beating Ohio State consistently, like in this college football landscape that we have today, what is the standard to get it to where it was in the seventies?
1: Probably what Alabama and Ohio State and kind of Georgia are doing now, and
0: yeah. would you include meaning, Georgia in that? I feel like they just kind of popped up
1: I just Clemson. They I think they popped up too I think it's since since uh since smart went there and they've just they've got phenomenal athletes and they're well coached and and um so for for Michigan to get there I think I think that's a tall order what I think would be would be good for Michigan would be satisfying to me and I think a lot of like my my University of Michigan cohorts would be win the games you're supposed to win um smash Michigan State every year And if you lose the occasional game to Ohio, if you lose to Ohio State sometimes, but not 13 years in a row or whatever it is, and you know you're occasionally upset by Michigan State, and it should always be an upset, and you're beat occasionally by Penn State, that's okay. But you should should never lose to Rutgers, Maryland, Purdue, Indiana, um, and on and on and on. You're gonna lose some to Nebraska. Nebraska, well, Nebraska should be good, but they're not. But, yeah, you should never <laughs> lose to Nebraska. They should be good. That's a travesty.
0: Do you think but Michigan the, State is the Big Ten west of the Big Ten east?
1: <laughs> On a good day. I hope, I hope it turns out that Mel Tucker, he seems like a great guy. I hope it turns out he's an awful football coach.
0: It's already and turning that out that way.
1: <laughs> so far, so good, right? I hope he's an awful football coach and i hope michigan smashes them because i have never i've never sent a nasty text to a michigan state fan when michigan won and i can't tell you how many nasty texts i got from michigan state friends when michigan state beat michigan yes i'm like they just they they have no class they constantly measure themselves against michigan and they thought they won the lottery when they got mel tucker I got a little bit afraid that he was going to go to LSU and they like threw a brink struck at him. So I hope they are saddled with him and I hope he's awful as a football coach.
0: Yeah, I was trying to explain that to my friend Jack, who's going to be on the podcast in a little bit. He is from Cincinnati. And I think at one point he asked me like who I want to win Notre Dame, Ohio State. And I was like, Oh, Ohio State, but I want to be a close game. And he was like, Why? And I was like, Because I want Ohio State. I know that that's not a popular opinion among Michigan fans but I want Ohio State to be de- like I I want Ohio I want to beat an undefeated Ohio State. That's like the I- goal every year. But then he asked how if I want Michigan State to win the random games they've been losing. And I'm like, no, I want Michigan State to lose every single game on their schedule. And he's like, I don't get that. <laughs> D- don't you hate Ohio State more? And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. But you don't understand what it's like growing up around Michigan State fans. They're so annoying. Like, And beating them isn't enough. They need to have a really bad season. Otherwise, they'll continue to be annoying.
1: 100% agree. I mean, that's that's. I hope State loses every game. I hope... Everything at Michigan State loses every game, especially their football team, and then a close second is their basketball team. I hope they lose every game, yeah, you know the random uh, swim team oh that's right they don't even have a swim team the random lacro the random lacrosse game they can win that, but yeah, they're just annoying when they win. If they won with a little bit of graciousness, it'd be different, and as to Ohio State. I'm with you. I want them to win every game because even back when Michigan was good, there were plenty of years when Ohio State came in and they were supposed to beat Michigan handily and Michigan won. And it ruined Ohio State's season. So even if your season's going poorly and you have a chance to ruin Ohio State's season on the last game of the year, that's a good thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, And you just want Michigan State for recruiting too. You want Michigan State to lose every single game. Yeah. Sorry, Sparty.
0: All right. I think that's actually a good note to end on. Thank you for um, being a guest star.
1: Well, I'm happy to be a guest. The star part is all you. Thanks for having me, Anne.
0: <laughs> yep. Okay, cool. For this next segment, I am going to bring on um, two special guests. I will actually, let's see. Do I want to introduce them or do I want to let li- let them introduce themselves. These are two um, wonderful young gentlemen who are part of my watch party committee. I'll let them introduce themselves. Okay, Um, you each get 10 seconds to introduce yourself. Carrie, you're going first, go.
2: Oh, hi, I'm Carrie. You might've heard of me. Uh, I'm from Seattle. So, I never really followed Michigan football? Okay, that's 10 seconds. Okay, that's
0: 10 seconds. That's cool. Jack, you have 10 seconds. Go.
3: Hello, my name is Jack Good. I am Hannah's dear friend, and I'm actually going to be conscious of my time and not waste it all like Carrie did.
0: Oh, yeah, it was eight seconds. I was counting by Mississippis,
3: so it was very official. But Mississippis not who we're talking about today. Hannah, is it?
0: (laughs) That was, like, honestly a really good segue. Thank you. Um... I heard through the grapevine that you guys each prepared your one minute for Around the Hand and Harl. That's correct. Okay, so you're, you're a little late on that. I already solo recorded Around the Hand, but you guys can have Around the Jack and Carrie if you want. Go ahead. What, what?
3: Oh, okay. I'm, I'm on the clock. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: here we go. Um, okay, so looking at the game from last
3: week, I think our run game was really strong. Um, which I actually think we have the potential to start to rival last year's run game, which is a very bold statement, but, I mean, we seem to just wear out the Iowa defense and then tear through them in the second half, which is impressive. Um, The deep passing game is, I wouldn't say concerning, but I'd like to see more of it, but I also understand why we didn't use it much in the last game. Um, But I think our short pass game to our tight ends, when we get Eric all back. I think is going to be very very useful in big games Um, and I don't think people give JJ enough credit for that anything that's less than 10 yards he's hitting on a dime Uh, on the defensive side of the ball we looked very competent in the secondary which we did last year but last year was the first year we looked good at all Um, obviously we don't have as much of a pass rush as we used to but we're getting there and I think there's a chance that by the end of the season
0: oh I ran out of time yeah, it was a minute. I wasn't sure if I should cut you off or if I should just like take points off for each second you go over. Carrie, okay, you um, ready? Yeah, yeah. Okay, whenever okay. you're ready.
2: Michigan traveled to Iowa, historically not an easy stadium for top five opponents, but came out victorious 27-14. I mean, it would have been great to have a 55-7 game where J.J. was throwing deep bombs every second pass and our Heisman candidate Blake Corn was racking up another 5 TD affair. But realistically, that wasn't going to be the case against the top scoring defense in college football. Instead, J.J. managed his team with 75% completion rate for 155 yards and a touchdown. Corn broke a century rushing yards and a slow touchdown came with 80 seconds left in the game. Hannah complained last week that our Titans had the most number of receives, and we've seen some progress there. <laughs> our nakey boy Donovan Edwards, <laughs> wide receiver Roman Wilson, and tight end Luke Schoonmaker all led the team with four catches apiece. An all-around solid performance that looks closer on paper than it actually was. Michigan hopes to remain undefeated traveling to Indiana next week to face a 3-2 and their team.
0: Wow! Carrie's three seconds way under. More prepared. <laughs> Um, I will say, Jack. I know you're not a listener of Views from Stadium Boulevard, but Carrie made I think three references to past episodes, and that just earned him some points. Yeah, like he's that. just sucking up though. Um, okay, I'm gonna have to say, uh, I don't know, Jack. I did like your analysis. Thank you. And like the fact that you seem to be kind of making it up on the fly made me think that you knew what you're talking about, That's but. Good. Carry won by a margin. I don't I'm know how, 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 how much
2: how much of a margin.
0: I don't know because I cleared the stopwatch. I don't know how many seconds if, if you Jack had to, went over if you, by. But you were under if, by three, Carrie.
2: I know. Did you? If were you, you timing to, yourself? I was timing myself. That's cheating! Oh my god. Okay,
0: I have one question for both of you. Yeah. um Carrie will go first, and then Jack. Yeah. Are you clamoring to see JJ pass to the receivers and tight ends more? carry go first
2: okay so
0: not not like that much of an answer not like an okay so just like tell me the answer
2: (laughs) here's the thing is i don't think i don't think michigan's offensive coordinators there's two of them right Mm -hmm. um but but hannah as let's make another callback. you're the third um offensive coordinator um Mm -hmm. They have not really, I think, used the full extent of the playbook. I was uh, rewatching highlights, and um, at, in terms of like pre snap movement, it seemed pretty static aside from, you know, the uh, Ronnie Bell uh, jet sweep. It seemed pretty kind of static. I think they're still hiding a bunch of things for, you know, uh, like let's say Penn State, Michigan State, and Ohio State further down the line. I'm not terribly worried about. JJ and in the direction of the offense and using the receivers, I think they're still hiding a lot and I think uh when they're up against the big games or uh, against tight, you know, situations, I think that will come out but like right now they're definitely playing very conservative, play what the defense provides you and um it's gotten them wins. They haven't been sexy wins, but you know, they're undefeated.
0: Yeah, but so what I'm what hearing is that Oh, sorry. You're not. You know what year we said?
3: All right, fine. Go, Hannah. Go, Hannah.
0: (laughs) So it sounds like you're not clamoring. Okay, Jack, go ahead.
3: You know what year we said that Michigan's holding back all their fancy trick plays was like 2018, and we didn't pull any of them out, and Ohio State ran us out of the field. Like, I, I appreciate holding some of your playbook back, but I would rather those plays were a bit practiced than super secret. Um, and so I wouldn't say that I'm worried about JJ because I think there's still plenty of easier games that are still big that we can put them in and put them to test and get them calibrated. But I would be disappointed if we have more of these controlled games against opponents that we should be taking more risks against because I don't want my first risks to be <coughs> against Ohio State.
2: So, I. Okay. I... So,
0: you're. So, Kerry's not clamoring. Jack is like on the verge of a clamor. That's right. Half of a clamor. Okay. Um, We're going to move on now to superlatives. Um, Carrie, I can tell that you, like, do you you really need to say something?
2: Yeah, I do need to say something. Is this
0: supposed to be a conversation, or are we filling out a form, Hannah? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, go ahead, Carrie, go ahead.
2: Okay, so of... The last six games that Iowa had at home against top five opponents, they beat five of them. Okay, the turnover margin in those six games was plus twelve. They forced seventeen turnovers. Michigan didn't have a turnover. Yeah, we had a fumble, but we recovered that, right? But we did not have a turnover. We are we were playing conservative. Like if you watch, go back and rewatch the game, they're playing such like deep zone coverage most of our like the passes that we had to you know the tight ends and the, and the running backs they were all underneath right so it's like you get the ball you get the ball to like your game changers and make make them go make a play you don't want to put the ball in harm's way you don't want to be dumb with the ball
3: yeah i agree I, I like i i wasn't upset that we didn't throw the ball deep as much this specific game because I agree it would have been dangerous Which, But again it's going to be dangerous in the future At some point you're going to be taking deep shots Against a good secondary And even if you're only up by two scores I feel like that's the time to take them But again I'm more worried about If future games you still don't see it Then I become worried
0: Alright and moving on To superlatives <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Gotta get on schedule uh-huh. Um, Our first superlative This will all be is... cut out don't worry uh-huh. Yeah, you guys are going to listen back and be like, wait, where's the part where I said all this stuff? I'm like, haha, this podcast is not <laughs> about you guys saying stuff, it's about me and Harley.
3: Unbelievable.
0: Um, diaper Dandy of the Week. That is a superlative that we give to a young player, typically a freshman, who was quite dandy that week. And actually, this week, the Diaper Dandy of the Week is going to my little sister, Beanie Brianna Harshi. Her name is Brianna, but she goes by Beanie, who officially committed to Michigan this week to be a Michigan Wolverine and play nice. women's soccer at Michigan.
3: Woo! That's fantastic. Yay! Okay,
0: not the applause.
3: <laughs> Why You don't think the clapping's going to come out good on the podcast?
0: <laughs> um, She did text me and ask if she can be on views, like, five minutes ago. And then I said, Ooh. maybe someday. So... Future, Maybe when she's yeah. actually,
3: like, started going to school, you know? She's got to earn it.
0: Yeah, that's not for a few years. She's but that's very
3: exciting.
0: Yeah. Um. So we don't have a diaper dandy on the Michigan football team this week, just because, like, the diapers still aren't really present. We're deep enough without having to open up the diaper drawer. However, we do have a pull-up dandy this week. I don't know if – are you guys familiar with pull-ups?
2: Of course. I've never done one. Nice. Okay, well, a
0: pull-up is, like, when you become a big kid and, like, you now, like, you don't need a grown-up to, like, close your undies or your diaper for you, so it's still made of diaper material, but you can pull it on yourself. So it's, like, when you're, like, one or two and, like, you're still having some accidents, but, like, you don't need, like, a grown-up to be, like, putting your diaper on for you.
3: This is a um, surprisingly diaper and poop-themed podcast, I did not realize.
0: Okay, no one mentioned poop until you did, just well, What is No one a diaper for! P. All right. Well, yes. Continue, Hannah. Gosh. Okay. So the pull up dandy of the week goes to JJ McCarthy because he's not a diaper dandy. He's not a freshman, but like he's still he's still in pull ups and he had a good game. I especially I mentioned this earlier in the episode, but I appreciated that he seemed to mature a little bit this week. Um, maybe he maybe he broke out the pull up pull ups this week. Maybe he was still in diapers last week and now he's in pull ups. Maybe next week he'll be. And undies. <laughs> um, but he had, like, some wiser decision-making. He didn't look like he was just showing off and playing like a little kid who wanted his coach's attention anymore, and I really appreciated that. I can agree so, with that. In the my intro 60
2: seconds, I, I emphasized uh, that he managed the game. I stand by that he's he was a game manager of this game. And that's all we okay. needed.
0: I actually said that in my 60 seconds as well. Ugh. <laughs>
3: Oh my, I'm telling you, Carrie's just here to suck up.
2: <laughs> what do you mean? I haven't, I, I, how could I have known for 60 seconds?
0: Mm hmm. Okay, do you all have any guess on who, which player won the Vibe to the Vibes award this week? Jack, if you're not aware, Vibe to the Vibes is our most prestigious award for each week.
3: Ooh. I'm going to guess it was Blake Quorum. Ooh. And you are correct.
2: Gosh, I'm um,. So smart. I didn't even get a vote. Yeah, hey, cuz like said something dumb. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Blake Corum rushed for 133 yards, which is the most rushing yards by one running back against Iowa. Um, he averaged 4.6 yards per carry, and that is pretty impressive. I mean, credit to our offensive line as well, but Iowa only gave up an average of 2.21 yards per carry prior to this game. So, that's He was doing things against Iowa that people aren't supposed to be able to do against Iowa.
3: Thoughts? I have three minutes. Can I talk for three minutes? No. (laughs) You can talk
0: for less than that.
3: Okay. So I'll talk really quickly. I watched the OSU-Michigan game from last year, like a highlights, just I don't know why. Um, And one of the narratives that came out that was very true watching it is how tired the Ohio State defense looked and we started to just tear them up. I really felt like we started doing that at the end of this Iowa game too. Like, Blake Corum started getting significantly more yards in the second half because of how physically dominant we had to be in the first half. And so even though the score was low, we were really in control offensively in the second half. And so I think that shows another good potential of really – kind of bowling over future teams, even ones that are supposed to be very defensively capable.
0: Yeah, my one concern with that, though, is there's only one Blake Corum.
3: Donovan Edwards isn't bad.
0: No, he's not. He's a pull-up dandy, and I, I also, I don't know how much of a true running back he is. He seems like he's usually out there doing some other things.
3: I agree that I wish, I would feel more confident if we could split Blake Corum's work a little bit um and maybe Donovan Edwards can become that. Um but yeah, I that could be a concern.
0: Um Carrie, do you have any thoughts before we move on to the next one?
2: I think uh I mean Donovan Edwards just kind of came back, right? Um mm-hmm. so I think getting him at least a little bit more involved. Um, he wasn't he wasn't around last week, right? He didn't play last week. I, I think remember. that's correct. Um yeah so if this is his first game back um, first game
3: series two think weeks. He... Hannah, why do you personally hate Donovan Edwards?
0: I love Donovan Edwards. he's one of my favorite players. Mm,
3: but you don't trust him no I'm kidding i
2: I think he just i I think he just needs to to get back in the swing of things a little mm-hmm. bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, so he played fourteen snaps and then five snaps week one week two, and this week um, it's looking also like single digit snaps. You know, he just has to uh, be on the field a little bit more. And then um, I-, I think you can kind of take that workload off of Quorum. But mm-hmm. if the hot hand is, you know, if the hot hand's hot, you might as well keep feeding it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: If the hot hand's hot, you might as well keep feeding it. Is That's that a the saying?
3: saying? Nope.
2: Yeah, uh, I don't know what the saying is, but, uh, you know, okay. I don't know. Just vibe the vibes.
0: So, speaking of Vibe the Vibes, um, we also have the Defensive Vibe the Vibes Award. This is going to... So, last week we mentioned that Mike San still was nearing Mikey's status. Um, to be honest... Or, no, not Mikey's status. Ugh. Michael's status. He was approaching Michael's status. He's growing into a Michael. And this week, Harley and I noticed that we have another player on defense who is growing into a Michael. That would be... Do you guys want to guess? i
3: I can't pronounce his name
0: yoyoyobi oki yeah um no because no.
2: Mike Morris, the only other Mike
0: yeah why would why would a yobi grow into a michael <laughs> I
3: don't know, I thought a Michael was a technical term, not a, a title. oh it's a Yabi. why
0: was I saying a yobi a yabi Yabis don't Iobi. grow into michael's
3: okay, well, when he changes his name to Michael at his senior year, you're gonna look real foolish
2: well we'll go uh. Mike Michael Morris, who had two sacks
0: yes, and
2: four tackles and uh two hurries and I mean zero hurries' or hit
0: no uh, two cur- two hurries, you're right
2: is that two hurries
0: mm-hmm,
2: and a seventy nine run defense grade on pff
0: yeah, and two of his tackles were tackles for loss. Um, yeah, Mike Morris looked phenomenal on defense. He definitely wins our defensive vibe the vibes, and I think he is becoming a Michael. Um, and then return of the vibes. Also, Harley came up with some of these awards. <laughs> return of the vibes goes to the Michigan offensive line. I talked about them quite a bit at the beginning of the episode. Um, most yards allowed by Iowa so far. Most rushing yards allowed by Iowa so far this season. Um our offensive line was phenomenal this week, but I already went over that. Does Iowa have quality games? Like, is that
3: stat um, really that important?
0: The thing is, they're in the Big Ten West. I need to look sure. up who they've played, but regardless of who they've played, they're in the Big Ten West, so any stat needs, like, the Big Ten West handicap.
2: <laughs> That's true. They lost to Nebraska. They beat Illinois. They beat Minnesota.
3: They lost... What are you talking about? They did not do any of those things.
2: Oh, that was twenty one. <laughs> yep. Yep. It was Rutgers, Nevada lost to Iowa State.
3: Yeah, lost to Iowa State, but I'm guessing that was not at home.
0: Yeah, that was in the that was in the Cyhawk bowl. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so you yeah, again, so you could claim that Iowa hasn't had a lot of big <laughs> opponents this year. Um but I, I think they did still look more competent in defending us than any team that we played against, and we were a- still able to control them. So.
2: Well, I for mean, what like, it's worth, Rutgers scored 10 against Iowa and scored 10 against Ohio State. So I'm not saying that we're going to beat Ohio State, but
3: there you go.
0: But you are saying we're going to beat Rutgers. Even harder I don't know take. if I want to
2: call that. I don't know if I want to call <laughs> that, sounds that dangerous.
0: yet. Cool. Okay, so moving on to the missed reads and air balls for the week, which is just basically anything from the week that was um, executed poorly or, like, bad. Um, Michigan State losing three in a row, losing to Maryland, who... Uh, okay, Harley wrote it. Losing to weenie Maryland, who isn't a weenie. It's just funny. But I would say Maryland's, <laughs> like, a mid-weenie. Like, they're not not a weenie. True. Um. And then also Paul Christ being out at Wisconsin, I feel like I haven't had enough time to process that. That kind of shocked me. I know that they started the season two and three and they were 0-2 in conference play, which is like not good for Wisconsin, but like Paul Christ has done well at Wisconsin. Like that feels so abrupt. I almost wonder if there's more going on. He had a sixty seven and twenty six overall record at Wisconsin. Isn't that is that weird to you guys
3: that he's like randomly out? I mean, Wisconsin was consistently playing in the Big Ten Championship. I mean, not every year, but enough years that I I am surprised that Wisconsin fans would be disappointed in that performance. Maybe Wisconsin... I also read some crazy stat about Wisconsin being by far the lowest spender of money on recruiting in the Big Ten despite the record they have, which, again, you could argue means that he's a good coach, or you could argue that he's not a coach that wants to take wisconsin to the next level and maybe that's what people are looking for um, that's
0: like wisconsin's whole thing though like the blue chip ratio that they they make the most with their recruits they're really into that that's like a point of pride for them yeah but you can but how imagine much does...
3: being a fan and being disappointed that you're okay losing in the big 10 championship every year and then going to a mediocre bowl game and never wanting to do better than that
0: yeah carrie what were you gonna say
2: Jack when you said they were spending the least for recruit do, is that in NIL money or is that in travel to go?
3: I believe it was travel to go and you know like recruiting camps and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, that's not NIL money. That
0: no. that's like a, that's been a thing since pre-NIL.
2: Yeah, okay. I I I was definitely surprised that he got fired. I thought he you know, he has a better bull record than Jim right he has he has a better record than jim harbaugh jim harbaugh is like 66 and 24 paul chris is 67 and 26 um
0: i'm not sure that's uh, a better record i think that's just playing more games and like keeping the same ratio right
2: (laughs) yeah okay go on the the first the first number is greater by one
3: there you go Um, that's the math
2: you know i i hate to i hate to you know use my sources of just Joel Klatt but he was mentioning that uh the Wisconsin I guess front office it would be their their administration really likes their defensive coordinator and wants to see what he can do if that is the case and you know you're gonna give him the rest of this season and maybe another season or two to to try out what his regime would look like and then if you say that doesn't work okay then we're going to do a, a complete you know uh overhaul in, in the searching Uh, coach, uh, searching for a coach. I think that would make sense. But also Joel Klatt had mentioned that like now with this recruiting cycle, it's not like you could just fire a coach at the end of the year and then be on the same cadence for recruiting. Mm. You're going to be recruiting throughout the entire year. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think if there really is going to be a change in philosophy in recruiting and, you know, um, the former head coach wasn't necessarily on board with it. Okay. Yeah. Get him out of here. Especially with the you know, who, who knows what's going to happen with Big Ten and, and, and the Pac-12 um, and that whole realignment. I, I think he, he had he obviously had a really good record the eight years he was there, but it was kind of beating up on a pretty easy Big Ten West.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And occasionally beating up on Michigan. Let's not forget. True. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think I'm going to wrap it up with you guys. You have been... Wait, can I introduce mm. a quick segment? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, go ahead, Jack. uh,
3: Is the um, NCAA committee going to keep us out of the playoffs segment? And that's a segment where Jack looks at the next games and predicts that Penn State could be, like, unranked if the season goes bad and that the win against Ohio State for some reason isn't enough and we don't make it to the playoffs despite winning out for the rest of the season.
0: Sorry, what are we losing to Penn State in this scenario?
3: No, we're beating Penn State, but Penn State's we're going record un- looks bad enough that it's not a quality win.
0: No, there's no situation where we go undefeated and don't make the playoffs. I don't know because they hate us. No, I'm sorry. We like a one-loss team. A one-loss team. Our strength of schedule can hurt us. If we go undefeated, we're making the playoffs. What? What undefeated team? Like they can't. We're already number four. I know there aren't CFP rankings yet, but I. No, I'm not. I guess into yeah. That. So
3: so let's say that let's say we lose to Penn State but beat Ohio State and Penn State ends up looking mediocre the rest of the year.
0: Then I think if we it, beat
2: Ohio State, we're in.
0: Ohio State,
3: in my eyes, does not look very good. I think Ohio State could do what they've done in years past and drop a weird game. And then all of a sudden, people reevaluate what we've seen out of Ohio State, which is Ryan Day keeping his team on the field to the fourth quarter for no reason just to rack up points because he doesn't have enough confidence in his team. And they're going to look at that and go, maybe Ohio State isn't good, and then dump them down to, like, 10th.
0: Okay, you're breaking my brain with these— I I'm all for the weird hypotheticals, but it's way too early in the season to be like, if we lose to Penn State but went out cuz I don't know what anyone else is doing. I'm like, yeah, you would still be number 4, but I guess it depends on what Clemson does. But there's too many there are too many things um at play there. So I guess no, I sorry, guess your hypothetical.
3: My, I guess more of my point is looking at the rest of our opponents. Indiana, Michigan State, Rutgers, Nebraska, Illinois, before this season you would have said those are quality wins after quality wins now all five of those teams have crashed and burned and they aren't gonna get us much magic razzle dazzle that will get us in
2: and if you guys want to hear more of this rant follow jack on twitter at (laughs)
3: at Michigan Conspiracy Theorist at, uh, no, no, no. Um, I don't know. I'm concerned. I'm concerned that the Big Ten's collapsing and that the wins aren't going to count for anything and we're going to be screwed.
0: I think that, like, historically strength of schedule only really matters if you're a non-Power 5 team or if you're a two-loss team.
3: Hmm. Okay.
0: That's just off the top of my head. Okay.
3: I can believe that i can now sleep at night thanks to you hannah
0: you're so welcome that's mm-hmm. what i'm here for mm-hmm. okay any other surprise segments before we close this out
2: yeah um we need the f- Franz of the week
0: oh i'm so sorry i forgot to give that out Franz of the week this award this Franz of the week award this week goes to franz wagner any last questions Whoa, congratulations. actually it's
2: actually actually it's mo wagner who got 15 points on uh the orlando magic season debut while Franz. uh was resting so
0: okay thanks thanks for the update guys okay you have been a pleasure how wonderful to have you on
3: thank you for having us hannah
2: (laughs) thank you hannah thank you harley
3: thank you harley i hope we scored enough points for you harley bye all
0: right i had to get those guys out of here before i could preview indiana because otherwise the podcast was going to go on forever um but we are playing indiana in bloomington next week michigan is favored pretty heavily um the point spread i think opened at 21.5 points um is like how much michigan is predicted to win by according to those who bet on those sorts of things so it's not much of a cause for concern i think the Iowa game last week or even the Maryland game was probably more of a question mark. That being said, Indiana has traditionally been kind of the trap game of the season, or at least the game that we call a trap game that we looked ahead of at as a trap game, but I think that's usually because it's later in the season. Um I think like anything's possible, but like on paper there's absolutely nothing to worry about. Indiana is currently unranked. They are three and two. They lost at Cincinnati and at Nebraska. They have beaten Illinois, Idaho, and Western Kentucky. Um, But I'm going to read you the scores of those games because, okay, so they beat Illinois 23-20. They beat Idaho 35-22, so I guess that's a pretty decisive win. But then Western Kentucky, which I didn't even know there was a Western portion of Kentucky, they only beat Western Kentucky by a field goal. The final score was 33-30. So, um, Indiana has given up 80 points over the last two weeks and their last two losses. They're not exactly a powerhouse program in the Big Ten. Um, I guess, like, maybe it's notable that they haven't lost at home yet. All of their losses have been road losses. Um, but I... I wouldn't I wouldn't be too concerned. I guess what I'll say is, obviously, I feel like as a Michigan fan, I always need to give the disclaimer that anything's possible because we've seen crazy things happen. But if a crazy thing happens, that's really, really, really bad because it shouldn't happen. Um, I am looking forward to see if we improve upon all the things that we've talked about this week. And I am more than anything in the world looking forward to having Harley back on the podcast this week. Um, missed you, Harley. Hope you're having fun at your work thing. Come back to me. I can't do this with boys anymore all right thank you all for listening follow us on twitter and follow along subscribe to the podcast give us a nice little review give me a word of encouragement for getting through this episode without any hardly energy and we will see you next week go blue Yeah.